The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Church of Roy, a sports drink original podcast. Morning today's show may include adult language. And here are your hosts, Ryan Wilcox and Steve Ewald. Welcome everybody to the season finale episode of the Church of Roy podcast. The season has mercifully come to an end. I am your host, Steve Dewald, as always, and I am joined by Brian Wilcox as we kind of soak in the, the ride is over. Now it's time for the next chapter and probably even more, hopefully a more interesting part of the season. Brian, how are you doing? I'm ready to turn the page on the last 82 games we just had to suffer through, man. Yeah, it was a, I guess, kind of a memorable season from just how off the rails things got and how quickly it descended into a, a tanking season. <laughs> so uh, that I will always remember about this year. Um, it, you know, go ahead. It, it really reminded me, I think as a Blazer fan, even though we haven't maybe got to the grace of heights that we've looked for over the past, we'll call it seven years or so, six years. But man, I forgot how bad, like mm-hmm. just being a really shitty team is. <laughs> like your day to day, you're, you know, you're struggling to really find some pros. And I think, you know, with, especially with this level of a tank, man, it made for a pretty, pretty tough, tough long season, but here we are yeah. doing our thing weekly. Basis. Now it's kind of, it's kind of like the time to shine now though. Cause I, like, I just started doing draft profiles, which yeah. I think hopefully by the time I'm hoping today, you'll probably be seeing this. I'm hoping to have Jaden Ivy's profile up. Nice. Um, I did Keegan Murray as my first one. And I'm mainly just working through players that have already declared for the draft is kind of my order right now. Gotcha. Um, it felt good to, to do one of those. So like, I, I feel like getting stuff out of my notebook, out of my notes and into a post where I can kind of put it all my thoughts in one place has been nice, been therapeutic. It's, it's been a little bit of hope, although I uh, came away not loving Keegan Murray as much as I thought I would. Mm-hmm. So, so I, uh, I think that might be a common theme with some of these lottery picks and, and you know, some of that hope 
might change when it's actually attached to a name. But who knows? There might be someone who really wows me. Might be Jaden Ivy. Who knows? Um, to kind of signify how wild and weird this season was and some of the randomness that went on, I put together a short six-question quiz for Brian oh without his knowledge. Here we go. Based on, on some of the production that went on with the Blazers this last season, it just kind of really... I doubt any of these answers would have matched up if we were to give the same test at the start of the year. You would have thought something has gone horribly wrong. So <laughs> let's just kick it off. I, you can follow along at home. I'm interested to know how you do out of these six questions. I want to be very clear, cut Brian some slack. I made this pretty difficult, so we'll see how, see how he does. Um, so the first question is, which player appeared in the most games for the Trailblazers this season? Is it A, C.J. Ellaby, B, Yusuf Nurkic, C, Ben McLemore, or D, Greg Brown III? Hmm. I'm going to answer, but I'm going to explain my thought process here. Okay, do it. Do I think it. it's McLemore because he was on the roster the entire year. He was a vet, so he's probably getting some a little bit more minutes than maybe like a C.J. Ellaby. And uh, he wasn't good enough to just completely shut down. So I'm going Macklemore. Final answer. Yep. All right. It is Ben Macklemore. Yes. Ben, ben Macklemore appeared in 64 games, which is the leader for the Blazers this season. Goodness. Um, any, any, you want to take a stab at who was number two? I, think I was going between uh, Macklemore and CJ Ellaby, actually. And CJ Ellaby is number two. Yeah. Very good. I feel Very like, good. Well, I feel like I just watched way too much of those two guys this year. So there you go. <laughs> Though for for the record, Greg Brown is not in the top four. The top four would be Ben McLemore, CJ Ellaby, Anthony Simons, yeah. then Yusuf Nurkic would have been the top four this season. We'll get him off to a good start. Let's go. All right. Next question. One for one. Number two, who logged more minutes in a Blazer uniform this year? Larry Nance Jr. or Trendon Watford? Trendon Watford. Final answer. Yeah, yeah, I thought he, you know, Nance was hurt, got traded. Watford was around, but he got shut down too. So I'm going to go Watford. All right. It is trending Watford. Beautiful. You're, you're off to us. I thought this test was going to be hard. Apparently it wasn't. This was an absolute coin flip. Uh, Trenton Watford, only 11 more minutes yeah, than Larry Nance just, Jr. That's just a little luck there. Let's be real. Yeah. yeah. Kind of crazy to think that, you know, Larry Nance Jr. was like the prize of the offseason, and he ended up logging fewer minutes than a two-way contract undrafted rookie player for the Blazers this year. So if that tells you all, of, all you need to know about the year right there. Yeah, yeah, kind of the, you know, Those first two questions, last, good God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so not sad. fun. Oh, <laughs> so, man, that really frames it up. All right. All right. Of these players... Who made more three-pointers for the Blazers this season? Is it A, Norman Powell, B, Damian Lillard, C, C.J. Ellaby, or D, Nasir Little? Uh, thinking the last two are out. I'm going Dame. Sorry, my friend. Powell? It's actually it's a Norman Powell. Powell. Yeah, he's my – 
Second. By one three point. Oh man, he's, he's my second option there. I, I do. The, I do. It wasn't one of those last two guys. But... Norman Powell had ninety three three pointers. Damian Lillard ninety two three pointers this season. You were right. CJ Ellaby only thirty seven three pointers, and Nasir Little, in the brief amount of time he did play, only fifty one three pointers. Hmm. So, um, those were not the the season leaders. That was just that group of players. Gotcha. All right. Who had more offensive rebounds, Drew Eubanks or Cody Zeller? It's got to be Eubanks, right? Is that your final answer? Yes. It is Drew Eubanks. Okay, that guy was getting PT. 66 offensive rebounds. Another Cody Zeller, Zeller 50 offensive rebounds. Cody Zeller actually appeared in more games than drew eubanks but like you said it came down to playing time drew eubanks basically was the only big man on the roster at the only end of the season <laughs> so, so yeah cody zeller 27 games before uh he was let go from his blazers contract another Prized. player that a lot of people were pretty excited about that the blazers got you know someone that got on a minimum contract that a lot of people felt like he might be uh you know a taxpayer mid-level exception type player uh nah 27 games with the Blazers. The, uh, gone. the Cody Zeller experience literally seems like it was a decade ago. You know, that's, I know. Like that's, so that's long ago. That I, that's mainly why I threw the question in as the option. There was other options that were closer to Drew Eubanks. And I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Offensive rebounds, but... I, you know, I was looking at, I was like, oh my God, I forgot Cody Zeller played for the Blazers this year. Like, that's how crazy this year is. He was like our second biggest acquisition. All right. Number five. Of these players, who had the most assists? Is it Norman Powell, CJ Ellaby, Brandon Williams, or Dennis Smith Jr.? You know, tons of people take a multivitamin, and it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, and probiotics to help start your day right. 
This special blend of ingredients helps to support gut health, the nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's lifestyle friendly, adapting to a wide range of diets. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no chemicals, or artificial anything. Plus, it costs less than $3 per day. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially during cold and flu season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sports drink to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hey, it's producer Perry here, and I want to talk to you about a new app we've been using here on the Church of Roy called ColorCast. ColorCast is a live audio-only sports talk platform that's free to download and totally free to use. You can talk to me, other fans, Brian, Steve, athletes, and insiders all in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. And the best thing is that you can share your own experiences on the app. All you have to do is download the ColorCast app free on the iOS App Store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join any group you want. It's that easy. That's the ColorCast app on the iOS App Store. It's a tough one. Um, I'm going to go Dennis Smith Jr. Man, you, you did pretty well did here, it? my friend. Man, yes, you're watching me on Zoom. I'm not even cheating. Yeah. I know this is ridiculous. I'm pretty upset with my, well, uh, you know, I just my test giving cross, ability. I'm basically just trying to hone in on PT and who was because mm-hmm. all these guys were in and out of the lineup or or cut or <laughs> traded, yeah. and so it's like, all right, who's kind of just around because somebody was soaking up some minutes, you know, throughout the course of the year. So that's kind of been my thought process. Do you want to take a stab at who was number two out of that group? You said it was uh, Norman Powell, CJ Ellaby, and Brandon Williams. I kind of feel like it might be Ellaby. Nah, it's Brandon Williams. 94 assists in the short short run with the Blazers. Dennis Smith Jr. had 132 assists in 37 games. That's all he played for the Blazers. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of another player, kind of like Cody Zeller, where I kind of forgot that Dennis Smith Jr. Yeah, he was played for the Blazers this year. Um, crazy. All right, sixth and final question. And I think this really encapsulates uh, how weird of a season we had here. Um, how many players appeared in at least one game for the Blazers this year? I gave, I'll give you a little help. Yeah, the help. over under is 25 and a half. Holy is shit. Over or under? Let's see. I mean, a lot of movement, trade deadline, a lot of cuts, 10 days. Everybody played. You know, taking the under's boring. Give me the over, Steve. It is the over. It's 20, 27 players. Oh, my God. Played for the Blazers this season. To put that in perspective, last year, only 17 players appeared in a game for the Blazers. Oh so, 10, 10 more players this year. Can you guess which player – is, well, it's two players. They're tied. Three games each. Who were the two players that appeared in the fewest amount of games for the Blazers? Is it Didi? And... If you get one of them, I'll be impressed. How many games did Perry play? 
DD and Perry. I don't know, man. That's tough. So those those were number three and number four up from the bottom. Hey, of the okay, list. okay. So tied with three, first one is Cameron the Crime Dog McGriff. <laughs> And and Jaron Cumberland. So those were the the kind of that Omicron uh, yeah yeah uh, signings where you know COVID was kind of going nuts across the NBA. So there you go. I, I think the reason I put a quiz together was it's too ridiculous to talk about some of this stuff out loud without putting it in question form. Like I think it just really is like, oh my god, what did we just go through? Like. What an awful year, man. What a weird year. Weird, weird, weird. You know, what's what's funny is like, I think we'll look back at this year, you know, if something blossoms out of this and, you know, the Blazers do something in the draft or, or God willing, they get the pick from the Pelicans and they maybe use that to to go get a veteran player, which kind of seems to be like what everybody's thinking, Mm -hmm. you know, through the fan base, if you're taking a pulse of things and kind of some (laughs) of what was said in the exit interview, absolutely. as as far as what Cronin views as his vision for this team is, you know, this was a a step back, hopefully only quickly, and then we're going to be moving forward as a franchise. So that certainly sounds like a team that is not going to bring two rookie lottery picks in, it looks like they'll use one of them to, to hopefully go get a veteran. Um, They do have the flexibility to do so. Um, I think also it's kind of funny when I was looking at this is Josh Hart is kind of like this. Like, I I mean, I love him. Mm -hmm. I I know you're a fan only 13 games as a blazer. And like, he is just kind of this beloved type player, which kind of leads me into the next thing we exercise. We kind of wanted to do here. Um, and we just kind of want to look at the roster right now, look at the future money owed, and just kind of go one by one and, and talk a little bit about these guys. We're not going to try to run too long here. Yeah. Um, as far as whether or not we think that player is going to be back in a Blazers uniform next year, or if that's probably the last time we're going to see him on this Blazers payroll. So, obviously, we'll, we'll start with the big man. Um, well, not really the big man. The, the, the big personality, the marquee player of this franchise, uh, Damian Lillard under contract through 2024-25, has a player option, certainly saying all the right things still, um, seemed pretty upbeat at, at the extra interview process, mm-hmm. and Joe Cronin spoke very highly of him and how they're involving him in the player decision process. Um, pretty easy one for me. I don't think it's time for Damian Lillard to go. I think he's going to be here um, hopefully for a long time, but I think he's not going anywhere this offseason. So he's a, he's a stay for me. Absolutely a stay. If uh... – you know, Portland really underperforms next year. I think we all start getting a little, little antsy yeah. Yeah. on that front, right? Yeah. I mean, if we've kind of, you know, we talked a lot this year about what could potentially happen to the trade deadline this year mm-hmm. if things went poorly. But, you know, a lot of stuff was kind of out of the Blazers' control this year. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know. It's only going to be amplified next year if well, it goes south again. It feels to me like the injury was just kind of the catalyst for how this entire season, well, maybe even going back to firing Stotts and some of that stuff and, and the changes initiated in the front office on the sidelines early. But as soon as Dame went down with that surgery, it just completely changed the trajectory and expectations for this team. That excuse is not going to be around. Well, you know, God willing that we don't miss Dame again next year. But <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like that option and that kind of like, excuse is not going to be around next year expectations are going to be higher so mm-hmm. it's i think we're going to be having a lot of similar conversations as far as you know if that 
If they are not me, man, they'll be there. So well, it's not going to happen. We're going to get Jeremy Grant. He's going to play Olympic level basketball. Oh, yeah. We're going to have Jabari Smith as well. Perfect. I mean, we're going to, yeah, I can dream big, baby. Hey, now's so the let's time. talk about, now's the time. let's move on to our next player. I mean, Damian Lillard, pretty, pretty easy right now, <laughs> especially with how he's been talking in the media and, and consistently throughout his career. Absolutely. Um, yep. Next guy is, uh, I, I'm sorry, that's my ring notification. I, that is a pet peeve of mine when I'm listening to other podcasts <laughs> when I hear a phone vibrate. Rookie move. Because, like, I'll check my phone. So I apologize, everybody, if I just made you do that. That is definitely my phone. Your, your, your DoorDash is not here. Relax. <laughs> <laughs> that burrito is going to wait in the hail. So, um, anyway, Eric Bledsoe, next player. He's under contract through the 2022-23 season. It is important to note of the $19 million he's owed next season, only 3.9 is guaranteed. Eric Bledsoe was part of the Clippers trade um, with Norman Powell and Robert Covington. He was the big salary there in that trade. Um, never appeared in a game for the Blazers this year. Um, never had an injury issue before, at least this season, coming into there. Just did not appear in a Blazer game. Uh, stay or go, Eric Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe did not appear in a Blazer jersey this year. And he will not appear in a Blazer jersey next year. He's out. Yep. I easy one. Easy. Starting off easy here. Yep. Um, I I don't foresee him staying. Now I think the big question with Eric Bledsoe is not will he play for the Blazers, but will the Blazers elect not to cut him and hang on to his salary and try to use that in a trade? Are they mm-hmm. going to get a, a draft night guarantees or somewhere work a deal out where they can move that? Now after the fiscal year ends, you know his contract goes fully guaranteed and and that's you can't trade him with the team hoping that they'll be able to cut him and make that savings like Mm -hmm. that's only the savings that the blazers can have at this point um at this point you know he'll he's just an expiring contract um i think the so i'm I'm definitely out not gonna see eric Bledsoe. um next player i think this is the first most interesting one we've had so far is joe ingles Mm -hmm. upcoming unrestricted free agent made $13 million this year. The Blazers possess his bird rights, which means they can't exceed the cap to re-sign him as long as I don't think they can hard cap themselves to re-sign him, but um, they have plenty of flexibility to do so. Joe Ingles did a lot of his rehab here in Portland. He was part of that late trade deadline, you know, move where the Blazers shipped Nikhil Alexander-Walker to the Jazz, ended up with Joe Ingles, who was nursing an ACL injury. Um, certainly seems to be saying the right things. The game I went to, he's very engaged with his teammates. Um, I'm going to go ahead. I, I'm kind of a Joe Ingles believer. I think we're going to see him in Portland next year. Brian, what do you think? This is tough. Um, I think he does a lot of things that Chauncey wants to see out of his guys. But to me, I, you know, he's 34, coming off a big injury. I think they're probably wanting to get quicker, more athletic on the wings. And so – even though I wouldn't be surprised to see him back, I'm I'm going to go ahead and say no that Joe Ingles will be elsewhere next season. All right, I th- I think just for yeah, he's obviously on the downside of his career, um, athletically. But I just think from a cultural standpoint, like you said, he does a lot of things defensively, mm-hmm. and ba- frankly, just gives a shit about certain things that Chauncey Billups wants this team. He's just to a basketball a player; he can do a little bit of yeah. everything and do it pretty well. I, I it'll come down to the money. I think that yeah. if he's coming at a pretty reasonable amount of money I, I bet he's back but if he if he mm-hmm. you know wants 13 million yeah. he, he's probably gonna be elsewhere yeah all right next player we talked about a little about him earlier is josh hart 
under contract through 2023-24, million a year gets up to about $13 million. Um, Interesting about Josh Hart's contract is it's non-guaranteed. The Blazers can cut him and walk away from that contract at any point. He was kind of the big piece along with a potential first-round pick in the trade that sent C.J. McCollum to the Pelicans. Um, stay or go, Josh Hart? I think he stays. Um, I think he really endeared himself to the team and, the, and definitely the fan base in a short amount of time. I was shocked when he said he played – 13 games? Is that... yeah, only 13 games with the Blazers. Man, I was like, he might be the MVP of the year, but, uh, you know, maybe it's just <laughs> one guy that was just beat, uh, just yeah. performed well above expectations. But to me, he's back. Um, the only reason I think I could think of getting rid of Josh Hart is if you're really just trying to clear space for some big, big signing. I don't think that's how Portland's really going to approach this offseason. So I think he's definitely back. Yeah, I, I think Josh Hart, you know, only 13 games. He's kind of the Rihanna song of the Blazers. He, we, we found love in a hopeless oh, place God. with Josh Hart. Oh, and, and <laughs> yeah, I went there, buddy. But um, I, I think he's definitely coming back. I think the only way he doesn't come back is that the Blazers get a really big fish on the line here, and they need that roster flexibility, and maybe they walk away from it. But it's going to have to be, you know, a top-tier type player. I think Josh Hart just does too many things. I think the big thing for him is – can he play a lot of minutes at the small forward or is he a two guard? Um, can he play in a lineup that features Damian Lillard, Anthony Simons, almost said CJ McCollum and Josh Hart. Oh, so it. old, old habits die hard. Um, to me, it's almost so, like the old Dame CJ Norman Powell conundrum to me. Uh, that's why I really like Josh, Josh Hart coming off the bench and spelling one of the backcourt guys and playing with both backcourt guys. So hopefully that's the role they're envisioning to get a bigger three out there. But I'm, I'm with you. I think that's the question that will always linger, right? He play, does play much bigger than his size, but sometimes it's just good to be a tall player on the basketball court. So I think we're going to see some more of those next season, I hope. All right. All right. So this is kind of the big kind of offseason. What's going to happen as far as a long-tenured player for the Blazers? Yusuf Nurkic, unrestricted free agent for the first time. Um I believe, I believe he was a restricted free agent last time the Blazers reached a deal with him. $12 million made this year. Um, like I said, heading into unrestricted free agency, uh, one of the better centers on the market. I know mm -hmm. he's not – he's had his injury issues, but, you know, looked really good this year, kind of was shut down by an injury. I put air quotes around it. I think he uh, – he was kind of an arbitrary shutdown. He looked really good in those four games before those shut – he got shut down. So – um I'm going to go ahead and say the Blazers reach a new deal with Yusuf Nurkic. He is back with the Blazers next season. I'm uh, with you. I think he's back. Um, I thought he played some of the best basketball of his career last year, even though it sometimes went overlooked with all the other chaos going on. But um, I think he provides more value to Portland than he would in a lot of other teams that are maybe trying to do something a little different in center position. So I'm with you, man. I think, I think Nurk stays in Portland. Yeah. And I think too, I mean, I think the Damian Lillard factor here is important to note. Um, Nurkic and Lillard are a very good pick and roll tandem. One of the best in the leagues and in the league. And I think if you want to maintain your relationship and keep Damian Lillard happy with this team, you keep his big fellow around. And I think Yusuf Nurkic is part of that plan. I expect him to reach a new deal with the Blazers this off season. Um, I think the one that everybody's going to be kind of sitting on pins and needles with and it's not that whether or not the Blazers will retain him, but how much money is it going to cost exactly. is uh, this year's kind of breakout star, Anthony Simons. Um, 
I'm going to go ahead and say stay. Like I said, I'm going to be watching what he gets paid. Um, I guess we'll add a wrinkle to this because I'm pretty sure we're on the same page. Over is the salary going to be over $23 million per season or under $23 million per season? I'm going to say stay and I'm going to say over. I think I have to go stay over as well. I mean, he just flashed so much in those limited minutes and you forget he's only 22, right? And that's not the age Dame was when he entered the league and he's already done what he has up to this point. Not that he's Damian Lillard, but just as kind of a compare and contrast. So I'm with you. I think he's going to get paid. Mm-hmm. All right. Our next player is justice winslow part of that clippers trade um under contract through next season due to make just over four million dollars next year Uh, another player didn't appear in a lot of games this year but when he did he was energetic did a lot of different things um showed he could play both forward positions could play a little bit of small ball center just because the blazers had nobody else to play um i think he's another guy that chauncey billups is comfortable with uh, plays hard on both ends of the floor. I'm going to say stay on Justice Winslow. You know, tons of people take a multivitamin, and it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, and probiotics to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients helps to support gut health, the nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's lifestyle friendly, adapting to a wide range of diets. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no chemicals, or artificial anything. Plus, it costs less than $3 per day. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially during cold and flu season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sports drink to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hey, it's producer Perry here, and I want to talk to you about a new app we've been using here on the Church of Hawaii called ColorCast. ColorCast is a live, audio-only sports talk platform that's free to download and totally free to use. You can talk to me, other fans, Brian, Steve, athletes, and insiders all in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. And the best thing is that you can share your own experiences on the app. All you have to do is download the ColorCast app free on the iOS App Store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join any group you want. It's that easy. That's the ColorCast app on the iOS App Store. I'm going to stay as well. I think, you know, I'd really like him as the backup, kind of that tweener 3-4. Brings a lot of intensity on the defensive end, which has been sorely lacking on the squad for a few years. So I like him. He's staying. Um, we don't get to talk about this next one because it's going to be here. We don't have a choice. Andrew Nicholson's dead cap money, $2.8 million. That's a hard stay, and we're going to like it. One more year on Andrew Nicholson's money. He's getting To note, he's getting paid almost as much as Greg Brown and Trenton Watford combined for yes. zero minutes for the Trailblazers. And, and slightly more than the next player we're going to talk about, which is Keon Johnson, last year's first-round pick from the Clippers, the other part of that Clippers trade. Um, 
like I said, on that rookie deal, first round pick last year, um, had some moments at the end of this season. Uh, I still don't exactly know if we know what his role is going forward or where he fits into this rotation. Mm -hmm. um, like we mentioned, we both expect Josh Hart to be here. We both expect Anthony Simons and Damian Lillard to be here. We're already looking at a pretty crowded backcourt. Um, Keon Johnson, while he's under contract, I think he is a go. I don't think we're going to see him again in a Blazers uniform. I think he's going to be part of a trade. Ooh. The Blazers look to go and get a veteran. I think it's kind of it's kind of a trendy thing to throw out there. Uh, I kind of believe in it. I think he's shown enough. I think he's got still got enough potential, and he's certainly on a friendly contract for a team. Brian, what do you think of Keon Johnson? Nice. I'm waiting to stay on, on Keon. I think he's a nice, you know, if he slots in like that third shooting guard behind Simons and Hart. Uh, he's just more of a developmental guy. He's only 19, cheap, um, and, and a little bit upside. We don't know what he is yet. I, I don't think he'd really be a part of the rotation uh, with that crowded backcourt, but more of a de developmental guy. I think he stays, but I was I was kind of debating to go, too, just because he's one of the young prospects that we probably wouldn't have an issue parting with <laughs> to sweeten the pot. So I could, I could certainly see that that side of it, too. Yeah, I think if the Blazers are, you know, if Joe Cronin is really going to do what he said he was going to do, I think if you're looking at, at trying to flip around and kind of build a team that's ready to contend, I don't really know where Keon Johnson fits on that timeline. Um, that's why I kind of went the way I did. Um, the next player we're going to talk about is a player who appeared in the most games for the Blazers last year, as we learned earlier, is Ben McLemore. Uh, $2.3 million this year, unrestricted free agent next year certainly prove that he probably i'm not even probably he deserves a roster spot in the nba he is a a bench scorer um you probably like him more if he's like your ninth man not your sixth man or your starting shooting guard um ben mclemore stay or go brian I think he sticks around i think that his just knockdown ability you know he's kind of that two to three he's easy to slot in a lot of different lineups just because the way he shoots uh he doesn't embarrass himself on defense he's been around for a while and uh, kind of provides a little bit of a different look coming off the bench as a wing than like a Justice Winslow does, who's kind of a little bit of an opposite player. So I think he's a good complimentary piece. He's cheap. Um, I thought he was a professional this year by all accounts through, through tough situations. So I think he stays. All right. Next, we got Nasir Little. First round pick a couple of years ago. Uh, $2.3 million made this year. Um, under contract with a team option it, through 23-24 season. Um, on the hook for $4.1 million next year, fully guaranteed. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say stay. I, I think the Blazers have a vision for him. I think he would have played more in different circumstances this year. Another player who's encountered just kind of these weird type injuries and illnesses and that's kind of kept him out of the lineup. It's nothing that it's really odd some of the stuff he's dealt with, unfortunately. So I think, you know, hopefully next year's the year he puts it all together. I think that starting small forward spot is up for grabs. And I think Nasir Little is going to be a major contender to earn not only more minutes, but a starting spot in this team. So I'm a, I'm a stay on Nasir Little. I'm with you. Big time stay. And uh, I really hope he can come out and grab that starting small forward spot. I'd love to see that. I think we're all rooting for the guy, especially – to your point, with some of the weird shit he's dealt with <laughs> early <laughs> in his career, just bizarre incidents and illnesses. So, yeah, I'm excited to see what he can do next year, another year in the system, even though, you know, he, he is coming off that injury. Yeah, I don't know if I said it, but I am a stay on Ben McLemore, too. I, I don't know if I 
got that information. You didn't, out, but so. I thought maybe I just blanked it out or something. So <laughs> yeah. sounds good. <laughs> no, I, I'm gonna stay on Ben McAvoy. You think, you well. think they're picking him up, keeping him? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think he's I think he's got an established relationship with with Phillips, and I think you know, put a lot of sweat equity into a meaningless season here at the end. So I I, I like his chances. Yep. Um, next player, part of the Pelicans trade, uh, Didi Luzada. Uh, Appeared in seven games down the stretch. Uh, former second round pick from the Pelicans. Played in the Australian League. Uh, Brazilian. Uh, fully guaranteed contract next year. $1.8 million. Um, stay or go on Didi? Uh, you know, to me, I think you already have your developmental wing in Keon Johnson. So I would say go, but I just don't know who'd really want him. <laughs> so... I don't know if you're really yep. getting a bunch of value for old Didi. So fully guaranteed deal. I'm going to say stay on this one. Yeah, I, you know, I'm probably, you're, you're a stay on Didi. I am. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm, you know, they can get out from underneath his contract after this year. So really if there is no market for him and you want that roster spot, you can wave and stretch $1.8 million or just eat $1.8 million. Um, I'm a pass on DD. I, I think they are going to probably, I'm, I'm hoping they use their two second round picks this year um, and develop kind of one of their own players that they've targeted through their scouting process. So I'm, I'm a pass on DD. I don't expect to see him back next year. How do you, how do you think they offloaded? Do you think it's, I think it's just a I, minor. I think they try to, to thread the needle in a trade yeah. and, and toss him in there potentially, but um, yeah, I, I think he should go. So I'm with you. I'd rather, see them do some stuff with those picks and, and fill the back back into the roster that way. But I just, I don't know, I don't know if they're in the movie 1.9 next year though too. At the end of the day, I mean, I could, I mean, it's obviously easy to see him come back on that salary figure. Yeah. Um, he, he does have a nice, fr- I was surprised how big he is since the last time I saw him, um, which was in, he's playing in high school, basically at the hoop summit. So, you know, he does have some size, but I, I just, I think when you're going and digging through someone else's second round picks, you kind of want your own and the Blazers have an opportunity to come away with two second round picks this year. Um, Next guy played big minutes down the stretch. Another player that popped up on a list, you know, surprisingly uh, is a free agent. Um, The Blazers do have some form of his rights. Uh, CJ Ellaby, former second round pick out of Washington state made $1.5 million this year. Uh, Nothing on the books for next year. Do you expect to see CJ Ellaby back in a Blazers uniform next year? He, you said he, sorry, he does not have a guaranteed contract next year, right? He's a free agent. He does. He's a free agent. Okay. Uh, I'm saying no. I think he's gone. I just don't think he's shown enough. And he got a, they got a lot of time to look at him. And, you know, he had some good games, a lot of stinkers. I, I just don't think he's an NBA player. So I'm going to say he's, he's gone. Yeah. I just, I don't really know where he fits in positionally what he does offensively efficiently um which sounds really harsh but you know he played he plays really hard he you know for his position as a as a decent rebounder above decent rebounder um i think there's a team that's going to pick up on him i just don't think it's going to be the blazers um he could be one of those players that gets a camp invite if he doesn't get a deal somewhere i could see him fighting for a roster spot um so we'll see we'll see about him um Another, we're kind of in the second round pick zone right now. We definitely. Um, Elijah Hughes, part of the Utah Jazz trade, along with Joe Ingles, arrived in Portland. Former Syracuse standout. Um, 
not under contract next year, no guaranteed money on the books for next year. Uh, I'm a pass. <laughs> he played a little bit, but it was not always pretty. Um, again, kind of my same mindset mindset with Didi is if you're going to go develop second round picks, you usually want to pick them yourself mm-hmm. and not, you know, cook with somebody else's groceries. Um, so I'm a pass. Brian, what about you for Elijah Hughes? <clears throat> I'm a pass as well. Um, you know, he's two years older than CJ Ellaby, uh, a year older than DD. And if you're not getting a ton of run with this team this year, you probably <laughs> don't deserve to be on the roster next year when, when <laughs> hopefully it's a little bit restacked. So um, I think he'll, he'll be another guy that'll probably get looks elsewhere, but I don't, I don't see him back with Portland. Yeah. A uh, couple easy ones coming up. Um, Greg Brown, the Blazers second round pick last year. Um, Played a lot of minutes down the stretch here. And, and like we touched on in last week's show that Brian pointed out, he's been playing in a role that looks repeatable. Um, so Greg Brown, I, I'm a stay on him. He's under contract through next year, 1.5 million guaranteed. And then he has a non-guaranteed year after that. So Blazers still got a lot of flexibility with him moving forward. I think he's part of the future here just from how athletic he is and how rangy he is. So stay for me. Yep, stay. I mean – He's one of two young developmental big guys we have. So why would you get rid of him? And uh, he showed some flashes. So, yep. All right. We got Trenton Watford up next. Kind of the, one of the good news, Mm -hmm. feel good stories of this year. Um, Signed with the Blazers undrafted out of LSU. Um, He got a new real deal NBA deal this season. Um, Exited late in the year with an injury and didn't return. Um, Under contract, for three more seasons, uh, the last season being non-guaranteed, only $1.5 million on the books next year. Um, that's a stay for me. I think Watford's got a bright future here as a role player for the Blazers. Big time uh, stay for, um, for all the reasons all right. you just mentioned. Yep. All right. I think this is kind of the toughest one. I think this one touches on uh, some fans' heartstrings here. Um, I know it's certainly a person of consequence for uh, one of our listeners and former guest, Lindsay. Um a Blazers Edge, Drew Eubanks, Oregon State star, the Shack of Troutdale, um, unrestricted free agent, uh, late season edition this year, um, started in just over 20 games for the Blazers this year. It pains me to say this, but I think I'm a pass on Drew Eubanks. Um, I, I think if they're looking for, I, I think he's probably a third or fourth big for a team. Um, I think the Blazers will probably look for a development type player in that position. Um, I think Drew Eubanks is going to have an NBA career, though. I want to be very clear. I think another team's going to go and get him. Um, I just don't know if it's going to be the Blazers. Uh, Brian, Drew Eubanks for you. Yeah, I'm going to say he's gone. Um, I think they'll try to look for somebody with a little more upside for that position, mm-hmm. for that one of those backup big spots. Yeah. So I'm, yeah. I'm with you. Hey, but just a valiant effort for this mm-hmm. team this year, you know? And it's kind of a cool story. I had fun watching. You know, he's one of the more fun guys to watch, which is really saying something about the year, yeah. especially towards the tail end. But, but yeah, I'm, I'm, the, I'm with you. I think he's out. One of the few players that brought us joy this year. So um, Drew Eubanks always will have a place in my heart when I think of this Blazers team. Um, maybe he's back. I certainly hope he's back. I just think the Blazers might move in a different direction. Um, and the Blazers certainly have shown that don't really care what fans think on a lot of stuff. So I don't know if Drew Eubanks is coming back. Um, next one, another interesting player. Been on the team for a couple of years. Um, Damian Lillard's cousin, 
Kelgen Blevins also got a lot of run uh, at the end of this year. Not really like a true developmental player. He's a little older on the prospect chart. Um, not even a little. He's quite a bit older. Um, been on a two-way deal. The Blazers do have some rights to him this next year. Um, Kelgen Blevins, stay or go. I think we might this might be the end of the Blevins era for the for the Blazers, but who knows? It's good to have Damian Lillard as your cousin, but I'm going to be a pass on Blevins. Hey, I, I think he's staying. As long as Dame's around, Blevins has got an NBA contract, baby. <laughs> it's in his this, deal. Has, this has nothing to do with his upside, his role. Mm-hmm. His cousin's Dame, and they're going to they're going to want to hang out, so he's staying. Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe Dame is looking to avoid awkward thanksgivings or, or holidays so maybe you might be onto something um you know i'm gonna stick with my choice but i certainly would not be surprised if kelgen blevins is back next year um late season edition and our next player um just kind of sign on one of the hardship deals i believe uh, former top five pick from providence guard chris dunn had some nice flashes this year is definitely still a defense oriented guard um no guaranteed money on the books next year Chris Dunn, stay or go? I'm a, I'm a go. He's gone. I'm a big time go. Um, <laughs> when you, you talk about these flashes, and I was just, I was honestly kind of surprised that he wasn't better. I remember him being a better NBA player, <laughs> and he just didn't play very well for, for Portland, in my opinion. He, he gone. Yep. And then we're kind of getting, we're down to the very end. I know it sounds like it, but uh, Brandon Williams. Uh, former Arizona star, uh, got to play a lot of point guard minutes down the stretch here on a two-way contract. The Blazers do have some of his rights next year. Um, <laughs> I, he's another tough one. He's like the, in the Drew Eubanks zone for me. I mean, not yeah. obviously not as sentimental. Um, I promised myself I would not fall in love with a player that had high production on a, on a clearly tanking team. And so I'm not going to with Brandon Williams. I think he is a pass for me. Yep, I'm the same boat. I just don't think – I think they'll look for a different skill set with that kind of third point guard type and probably a vet. So mm-hmm. the shoot first, shoot first young guy is probably not what they're, what they're looking for there. So I'm going to say pass. Last but not least, Reggie Perry. No guaranteed money next year. Late season signing. Hardship signing. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm a pass, but Reggie Perry did provide one late season glimmer – of enjoyment for me there was a moment in the jazz game where he looked like he thought about going to blows with hassan whiteside and if you know me you know that's always going to win some points in my book so i love you reggie perry for that but it's uh sayonara good seeing you bud i don't think we're going to see you in a blazer uniform again yeah i agree with you i I think he's gone i think just him being a hardship signing is about all you all you really need to know there. I will say that at some point this year, you definitely texted me though. Like, Hey, this Reggie Perry might be a player here. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, one, I think Steve needs help. I should probably call him. <laughs> I need to talk. him. I mean, he's, this guy's been watching too much bad basketball and uh, I got to save him right now. And, or, and two, you know, maybe he's just had a few too many IPAs and, and, and it'll, it'll look at this text in the morning and be like, oh, geez. Yeah, I mean, I was looking for anything at that point. I hadn't quite gone to the acceptance phase of this season. So, yeah, there was a time where of the guys that the Blazers brought in around COVID, 
Reggie Perry was one of the players who I thought might be a, a player. Um, it's odd because this season was certainly full of those moments. I, uh, <laughs> our good friend, Adrian, our favorite Australian listener. I remember him having a conversation with me about is Elijah Hughes, like a poor man's Harrison Barnes. And I will oh, tell you no. this, this season will do strange things to your brain. Reggie Perry for me, um, a little bit of Elijah Hughes for Adrian. Um, did you have any of those moments with a player that you want to fess up to? Because I really don't remember you. Uh, I, I, you were pretty spot on and accurate with Trenton Watford, as was Adrian. I was trashed him a little earlier, but Adrian was quick to the, the Trenton Watford train as well. Yeah, Watford was probably the biggest one. Um, and other than that, not really. I was just pretty sad all season. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't find a lot of bright spots in any of these guys. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, understandable. I, you know, there were there were games where I, where I where I thought maybe some of these guys could be a little further along, have a little higher ceiling, but I usually talk myself out of it, like by the next quarter or something. So, mm-hmm. so I, I didn't really have one of those that I can really yeah. really hold in on anyway. All right, before we get out of here, I do want to talk about an article that Brian shared with me uh, this morning, which is Tuesday. Um, one of the best articles I've read in a long time, mm-hmm. um, certainly uh, Kevin Arnovitz of ESPN, uh, definitely being written after the Lakers have been eliminated from the playoffs. Uh, as we're recording, the Nets are, are currently playing in their play-in game right now. Um, basically, Arnovitz kind of details that the era of the super team might be coming to an end or it's certainly going to be changing going forward because the, the Lakers experiment – uh, really went up in flames this year. Um, nobody seems happy about how the net situation played out with, with Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and James Harden. Um, so, Brian, why don't you kind of just run me through some of what stood out in that article, and then we'll kind of get into how it might relate to the Blazers. Yeah, so Kevin Artovitz, ESPN Plus article, find a way to read it. It's it's more than worth your time. It's kind of a long read, but I would agree with Steve it's just – really excellent basically it goes into however they went so poorly in uh brooklyn really details some of that shit and and, and wow and then also talks about the lakers and 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 how poorly that went just really talks about all the all the different variables that led to their kind of implosion this year and so a lot of it comes back to culture if you just control left culture in this article it said 21 times and uh (laughs) you know the biggest thing that it comes down to is that a lot of these superstars in the upper echelon of the NBA, they really don't give a shit about culture. They kind of are their own culture because they're, you know, so talented. And that mm-hmm. on these super teams, the only time this has really worked out, the super team things, when you've already had a homegrown star that you're then pairing outside mm-hmm. players into. So you have a very, you know, uh, kind of a rock, you know, a, an elite player that already – embodies this culture and so when the other guys come in they more assimilate rather than just throw everything off its kilter and so mm-hmm. kind of the biggest examples they use are you know right now you had chris paul go to the suns mm-hmm. um you know they really said with monty williams there and, and just kind of this youth movement on such the upswing that paul kind of accelerated and refined the culture didn't replace it um you know when you go back to the celtics with pierce allen and garnett mm-hmm. pierce was such a foundational piece that team that Garnett and and uh, Allen and even Rondo to a point all just kind of fell in line and or or you know refine the culture 
And then the heat, obviously, with LeBron, Bosch, and Wade. Wade being such a rock down there that they kind of came in and they're able to make it work. And that basically the super team to make this thing work, you almost have to have that homegrown guy. It was really was kind of light bulb in my head because I'd never really looked at the super team uh, construction and, and their success in that way. Yeah, that that section right there is one that I kind of pulled and highlighted was, you know, talking about these super teams have a much better chance when they have a homegrown player because it's an anchor to the franchise. It's an anchor to the culture. And it really talks about how the Nets were this feel-good story under Kenny Atkinson. You know, Jared Allen, you had D'Angelo Russell who had, you know, revitalized his career in Brooklyn. And then they, you know, they make the playoffs and then they kind of just trade it in for the superstar chase and Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. And what kind of surprised me was just how much of a rub it was that, DeAndre Jordan was involved in that signing and talked about that was kind of a, a tipping point or a flashpoint in, you know, some of the established players on that team that were really part of that cultural revival in Brooklyn. You know, that was a clear sign that Kenny Atkinson was on his way out and that their style of hard work and how they were doing things was going to change. And, you know, lo and behold, Jared Allen gets moved in a trade, um, part of you know the whole James Harden fiasco, and then you know Jared Allen is now an All Star center in the Eastern Conference. So, um, outside of that, I thought Artivitz really put it really well as far as some of the dangers some of these teams run into when you're talking about super teams. And he said, too often the super team requires an organization to sign away custody of its culture to outsiders and superstars, even though even those with the the most blessed talent are still outsiders. They have egos to accommodate and brands to manage. Their on-court preferences will supersede anything previously installed or valued because dominant people dominate. And I just, I think that is just to a T the danger that you run into. Mm-hmm. And, and there's been some, you know, weirdly I'm seeing it a lot in like comment sections about, you know, Jimmy Butler and could Jimmy Butler be available for both the Blazers first round picks. And I think Jimmy Butler's, there's a lot I like. There's a lot I like about his personality, but like he's a dominant personality. I am a little worried about what that would be like putting him in a locker room that, you know, Damian Lillard has been a huge part of for a decade now. Um, so it's really interesting to, to see that. And as far as relating this back to the Blazers, the Blazers do check the box of having a homegrown superstar, but I just wonder on his career arc, or where are we at there? And what's the best way forward? Is it another superstar or is it really complementary players and you keep developing from within? Do you build around more of an Anthony Simons and bring in mm-hmm. someone like Jeremy Grant more on the periphery? Or or do you really just try to go in for a guy like, you know, Jimmy Butler or see who gets upset in the postseason this year who might be looking for a way out? Um, I, <laughs> I, I just think like, you know, if, Neil O'Shea didn't cultivate such a toxic culture. I mean, all he did was talk about culture. Um, if he wasn't so full of shit, I might think, you know, hey, he was on to something, but it turns out, you know, he was just, you know, basically the Oz behind the curtain, you know, just just really not doing what he was preaching. Um, but certainly culture is something we've heard a lot of here in Portland. Um, I think the end of super teams only helps mm-hmm. uh, a team like the Blazers. Um and certainly it's more attainable for them to build a championship team without a super team in this market and just kind of how this, this team is played. Um, any thoughts on how this relates to the Blazers? Yeah. To me, it was, it's interesting. You brought up that passage about, you know, 
super team requires an organization to sign away custody of its culture to outsiders. And, and I had that same thing highlighted. I thought it was super interesting. And I've always been very pro, you know, if Portland could go out and get these guys, I would, you know, nine, 10 times out of 10, yeah, absolutely do it because talent wins championships. But I think even in kind of the modern NBA, there might be, you know, some of this off the court stuff and the egos. And I think it might be a little different time too, where some of these guys might not fall in line to an organization's culture like they used to. And so I think you could even make that case back when the Celtics were doing their thing in 08 or whatever that was. So um, it, it makes me question uh, the risk of doing something like that. I think, you know, you force him one way or another, if we can get Jimmy Butler for two picks, probably saying, yeah, I'd do it. But there, <laughs> but there are some conversations I'm having internally with myself, like, okay, what does this really do to the young guys? Was this, how does this impact the coaching staff? And, and how does this really holistically affect the organization that I probably wouldn't have really thought of until the implosion of <laughs> the Lakers and, and, and Nets this year, you know, it's, it's really changed kind of the, the outlook on some of these teams. I, I also think just looking at the draft immediately and trying to put some of this in context, which I, I don't want to overblow the importance of this article. Um, it's definitely the flavor of the month, especially after the Lakers collapse. I mean, that's the 99% of why that article was written. Mm-hmm. Um, and the net circus. Well, even the, but even I think the Clippers underachieving too is another yeah. team we didn't, we didn't bring up. Yeah. Like Kawhi and There's is more injury related, but I, I will say as far as the draft goes, I think this is why you draft for the most upside possible. I think the Blazers have to go and get a star here and don't go after a player just for fit mm-hmm. around Damian Lillard. I think you swing big here. You go for that star. You try to get maybe that next homegrown star or someone who can get on a fast track to be around Damian Lillard as a star player. Um, is that Paulo? Is that Chet Holmgren? Dear, is that Jabari Smith? Dear listeners, he's, yeah. he's prepping me for the Jaden Ivey take. I, <laughs> I, I can feel it. And is it's it coming. Jade, is Jade, is Jaden Ivey the next star, it's even coming. though he's a guard? Who knows? I mean, I I might be prepping you. You might know me a little too well, I my do. friend. I, I can see you just set it up. <laughs> all right. That's all we have. It was a very long show today. I hope you gathered something from it. Um, I'm interested to see, you know, sit down with that roster. Kind of do what me and Brian did. See who you think is going to be back next year, who's going to be there. I'm sure I didn't make any friends with my Drew Eubanks tank or take tank. I got to get tank out of my system. Um, anyway, that's all I got, Brian. Anything before we get out of here? Uh, thanks for talking, Steve. And uh, next week we'll have some big news with the Pelicans. And, oh, and they're – What? <laughs> I'm quitting. <laughs> no, <laughs> no uh, you know, something we didn't even touch on, the Pelicans playing game. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. well, games. Hopefully it's only one game. That'd be great yeah. for my stress level. <laughs> you know it's take, not going to happen. If the Spurs could just take care of business, that'd be that'd be cool. But um, I would say zero percent chance that we get to breathe easy after just one playing game. I I just don't see it. I think this is going to be one that we're going to sweat out to the very oh end. naturally. Um, um. So yeah, but we'll have a lot to talk about as far as which way that goes, and and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think some of the offseason season or discussion is going to kind of crystallize, and we can really focus on what the team's trying to do. So I'm excited. So Brian's really saying is put on your lucky socks, your lucky underwear, whatever you have to do to the basketball gods to try to get the Pelicans gracefully out of the postseason. So their first round pick hopefully lands in the Blazers possession. Um, Absolutely. 
do that now. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. We look forward to a full off season of coverage. Uh, I am in my zone with the draft stuff. I am excited for that. And we're going to get, have a lot of free agents, free agency talk this year for once this team has flexibility for the first time since the off season, we do not speak of. So anyway, thank you everybody until next week. See you, man. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Church of Roy podcast. If you like what you've heard, go ahead and subscribe to the show wherever you download your podcast. And while you're at it, go follow us on Twitter at Church of Roy Pod. We'll see you next week.